You're listening to a podcast from St Barts. To find out more about our church or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com.au. Would be great to keep your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 16 as we continue in our series looking at all the responses to Jesus, particularly in the lead up to Easter. But first, let's pray. Gracious Father, by the power of your spirit through your word, please soften our hearts to see the true identity of Jesus and respond in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of my favourite parts of the Alpha films is when they visit different cities and ask people on the street what they think about Jesus. From the pretty indifferent, sceptical, or curious answers that they get, it's pretty obvious that they haven't pre-selected a group of Christians to ask. When asked, who is Jesus? People say that he is like Superman with amazing powers. He is simply a man that lived a long time ago, that Jesus was a prophet, or he is an imaginary friend, someone who represents a lot of good things, or was just a fantastic man with fantastic ideas. Even in the first century, there were a lot of different ideas of who Jesus is. Just a healer, a prophet, a teacher, or a threat. The question, who is Jesus, is not trivial and it's not new. But it's a question everyone will be called to answer. Two of the most important questions for every single one of us to respond to is, who is Jesus? And more personally, what is the condition of your heart? Here in Matthew, Jesus comes with the same question to the disciples. Who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do you say I am? Jesus puts his identity on the agenda, pressing the disciples to respond, to declare what they think. Through Matthew, we've seen how the centurion, the tax collector, the Canaanite woman all respond to Jesus and how their actions flowed from what they believe about Jesus. But now, the disciples Jesus asked the disciples to put it into words. Who is he? In this exchange, we see the most important question demands a personal response and that that response leads to mission. So first, the most important question from verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Up to this point in Matthew's Gospel, there have been quite a range of opinions of who Jesus is from some pretty surprising people. Just last week, we saw how an outsider, the Canaanite woman, recognised Jesus as the son of David. 
Now, it's the disciples' turn. Jesus takes them around, not the familiar region of Galilee, but they travel to Caesarea Philippi, a pagan town about 40 kilometres away. Now, this town is crammed with pagan temples, and it's away from the crowds that have been following Jesus. Without others overhearing, against the backdrop of competing deities, Jesus wants to know who people say he is. The disciples, well, they respond generally with a list of prophets. Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. The overwhelming assessment? Jesus is one of the prophets. Which is no small thing. Each prophet that is named had a significant role to play in preparing God's people for God's coming judgment and pleading that God's people would turn to God in repentance. Jesus' teaching and life clearly reflected these prophets in the content of his teaching and the manner of his life. And the crowds, well, they are partly on track with their assessment, but they are not quite there. Yes, like the prophets, Jesus is sent by God. He does have a message of coming judgment, and his life does dramatically act out God's love for his people. But of course, Jesus is so much more. We could feel libraries with the different things that people think about Jesus. But ultimately, popular opinion doesn't concern Jesus. He wants to know what we think. It can feel a lot safer to hide behind what other people think. It might mean we don't need to take accountability for what we've decided, or it's just easier to go along with others without really giving it a second thought. But like the disciples, when we answer who Jesus is, public consensus is not enough. When we come to stand before Jesus, it won't be good enough to rely on what others think. Jesus demands to know who we think he is. For who is Jesus demands a personal response. Verse 15. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Again and again in Matthew, we see Jesus draw out responses of faith. Jesus uses silence, statements, and questions to get to the heart of why people are coming to him to uncover the object of their trust and faith. In a master move, Jesus takes the broad question that is easy to answer and then zooms in on his target. But what about you? The spotlight is now on the disciples. They are the ones who have spent the most time with Jesus, 
travelled alongside him, lived with him, heard his teaching, seen people healed, witnessed nature and evil coming under his authority. Jesus wants to hear from those closest to him. Verse 15, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. In a few words, Peter ties together an astonishing statement of Jesus' identity. Up to this point, there had been veiled hints that Jesus might be the anointed one Israel had been waiting for. But now, Peter brings it out into the open. Peter goes a step closer than the people's opinions. Jesus is not one among many. He is not just a teacher, a healer, or a prophet. Jesus is the incomparable, long-awaited Son of Man, Messiah, and Son of the Living God. These titles might be familiar to you, but by drawing them together, Peter uniquely confesses that Jesus is the one on whom all hope rests. As the Son of Man, Jesus has all authority, power, and glory. Daniel chapter 7 points to the everlasting kingdom which belongs to the Son of Man. As the Messiah, Jesus is the anointed one, the human deliverer who's come to fulfill all the hopes of the nations. Prophets, priests, and kings were anointed with oil, and into all these roles, Jesus steps. And as the Son of the living God, Jesus is intimately identified with the God of Israel. Whilst emperors of Rome claimed to be the son of a god, this was a way to show that they were connected with greatness, not necessarily that they were from a god. But the Jews, on the other hand, were renowned for their monotheism. Connection with Yahweh, their god, was never just a political ploy for greatness. For a Jew, Peter to name Jesus as the son of the living God, identifies Jesus as the true son of the real, present, active, and dynamic God of Israel. Peter is the first to state that Jesus is the Messiah. But others have also wondered if Jesus is the one. King Herod inquired if Jesus was the Messiah, killing baby boys just to make sure. John the Baptist questioned if Jesus really was the Messiah, looking at his actions. The soldiers mocked Jesus for being the Messiah, hitting and torturing him. Pilate even surveyed the people, should the Messiah be released? And the high priest Caiaphas interrogated Jesus, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. All sorts of people inquired if Jesus was the Messiah. But recognising Jesus is the Messiah did not always mean people turned to him in faith. Peter did not only recognise that truly who Jesus is, but he responded by following him with his all. And to Peter's confession, Jesus responds with Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. 
He effectively says, Peter, you've got it right. You've seen clearly who I am. That's why he is blessed. And note that Peter's recognition is so remarkable that Jesus says he hasn't come to that conclusion on his own, but it's been revealed by our Father in heaven. Incredibly, as we seek to discern who Jesus is, even as we weigh up, putting our trust in him with all the evidence that is available. The Father is at work in the very Spirit himself, helping us to see the truth of who Jesus is. But it still takes open hearts to take that step. It's not enough to rely on what everyone else thinks. We've got to answer that question for ourselves with both our head and our heart. And once we've done that, it leads us immediately into Jesus' mission. We see that for Peter. Confession leading to mission. So verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Responding to Jesus as the king, confessing Jesus is the Messiah, immediately means being bound up with Jesus' plans and purposes. Confession of Jesus is central. There is no kingdom without the king and equally no church without Jesus at the center. All that Jesus tells Peter is first contingent on his confession of faith. Peter's role in God's unfolding mission depends on his response to Jesus. Therefore, the keys to the kingdom, the ability to bind and loose, are not independent powers that take a life on their own, but are connected to the identity of Jesus and reflect the power of proclaiming the reign and purpose of Jesus. Disconnected from Jesus, no person can have any authority in his kingdom, for entrance to the kingdom is only through Jesus. In pointing to Jesus, Peter is bound up with the operation and mission of Jesus' kingdom. Responding to Jesus leads to being bound up in his mission. Verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Here we see that Jesus is the builder, and the church belongs to Jesus. On the basis of his confession, Peter has a distinct role to play. He is the rock on which Jesus will build his church. In the original language, there is a wordplay here where Peter's name also means rock. And just in case the disciples missed it, the town that they're in, Caesarea Philippi, is at the bottom of a massive rock face. The cornerstone of the church is Jesus. 
But Jesus chooses to use Peter, the very first disciple, to acknowledge that he is the Messiah as the foundation of his church. Now, there have been debates across history if this is the point where the ongoing church leadership is derived from Peter. And so we can make too much of Peter. We note that here, there's actually no mention of succession of leadership. But we can also make too little of Peter. The history of the early church, particularly in Acts, tells us that Peter, amongst others, did have a significant role to play informing Jesus' church. Peter went from being an overconfident fisherman and denying Jesus to being one of the key people who proclaimed the resurrected Jesus, through whom God will fulfil his mission in building up his church. When we confess Jesus as our Lord and King, we too are bound up in his mission. There are no spectator positions. We are all called on to the field of play. Sadly, the most common reason for drifting from the mission of God is a weakened conviction and focus on who Jesus really is. That's why even when we've made our confession or faith in Jesus, We need to constantly be reminded, constantly reorientated, reigniting and tending to our love, devotion, knowledge and delight in our Saviour Jesus. In placing our faith in Jesus, we take part in his mission for his people, for his church. Now, the direction of Jesus' mission was to the cross. And at this point, he calls for secrecy that he is the Messiah, for his time had not yet come to die. He was not yet ready for the charges of claiming to be the king of the Jews to be laid upon him. Jesus was entrusted with God's ultimate mission of saving the world. Peter had a role to play in pointing to Jesus. And today, God's unfolding mission has not ended, even though the final victory has been secured. Peter, he had a particular context at a particular point in time with a particular front line. But so do we. We have particular contexts in which we can show what it looks like to follow Jesus in a confused and hurting world. We have particular opportunities to proclaim Jesus as the king to others who are setting their allegiance on other things. And we have a particular role to play in being part of God's unfolding mission. The starting point is our confession in Jesus. Who do you say he is? And then the exciting part begins as Jesus enjoins us with his mission that the good news of who he is would spread to the ends of the earth and transform the hearts and lives, present and eternity, of all people. 
over the years, I've had many friends who have been a bit like the crowd, who sort of orbited around Jesus, maybe believing many accurate things about him, but are willing to take a step towards him. Maybe you know someone similar or you know the feeling yourself. I know many people who hold all sorts of ideas about Jesus, ideas that are on track, that are a bit distorted or incomplete. Many are happy just to park what they think or only really search for loopholes, but they miss the point of the invitation, that Jesus invites us not to simply know about him, but to know him. To know, trust, and have faith in him as our king. Answering who do you think Jesus is exposes where our trust is found. God wants us to be part of his kingdom forever. To be bundled up with his mission right now. And it starts with faith in Jesus. God has invited every person to make up their mind, who do you say Jesus is? If you've answered that question, well, we're part of Christ's living mission in the world. The disciples had not even yet witnessed Jesus' death and resurrection, but had already seen the truth of who Jesus is. And if you haven't yet answered that question, well, then don't just settle for what everybody else thinks. You are invited to respond. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for revealing to us your Son, our King. We pray that your Spirit would be renewing in us our faith in Jesus. Please help us to see, to start and continue in our part in your mission. Lord, we also pray for those that we know who are just disinterested, distracted, or just undecided about who you are. Please, by the power of your spirit, turn hearts to proclaim you as Lord and help us to see the part we play in your kingdom going out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a podcast from St. Bart's. To learn more or take a next step, visit sinbart.com.au.